The Racing Pod on Off The Ball with William Hill Best odds guaranteed on all Irish and UK racing 18 plus See gamblingcare.ie And you are welcome to episode 9 of The Racing Pod on Off The Ball with John Duggan and Johnny Ward Remember we're here every Friday with analysis, race previews, tips, stories, crack interviews The first half of the pod each week free to air the second part is exclusively for members, so be sure to sign up by going to offtheball.com forward slash join. For members this week, we're going to preview the big races at Kempton, Warwick and Weatherby on Saturday. And you have to subscribe now for all the juicy info. Johnny Ward, are you well? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I'm here anyway. What's going on? It's January. <laughs> it is January, February, yeah. you might be a bit better. March, we got to Cheltenham. Yeah. April, we got to Aintree yeah. and Punchestown. You'll you, be in a lot better form. You look, um, you look fresh, JD? Well, it's the dry January, Johnny. Mm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And it's the diet and all these things that we all plan to do. and Plan to do. Well, I have to say I've gotten a massive mental and physical boost from the cold, dry weather. I love it. I just love it. And you're, you know, you're, I know you're walking away in that. And it's just, um, it's invigorating. As long as it doesn't rain, I'm grand. Yeah. And it's been, I would, I would argue it's been very important for race courses as well because they've had a tough uh, December and Nace obviously called off for fog Sunday but going ahead kind of as we record today and um, I'd say the ground dry now has been a great help You're going to Ferry House tomorrow? Um, I am going to Ferry House tomorrow yeah and um, I'll be working for Racing TV I know it's kind of the undercard in many respects the undercard on the Saturday the undercard relative to the Moscow Flyer fixture Sunday but it's actually um, I think it's a really appealing card. The Dan Moore, um, the John and Dan Moore actually honours like a really great racing family that um, still shines bright in the shape of Arthur. Um, and the Dan Moore, it's an interesting one as well, JD. Like I, I, I know Johnny Mullen is going in, who would have been a former boss of mine. He's going in as the new sort of director of racing in HRI. And there is definitely, um, I think, a feeling that their HRI is going to look more at the race programme and... We spoke about it here over the Christmas that the, the race in Boston Novice Chase was taken away. They changed the race at Limerick from, um, was it a listed four-year-old race to a, a, a listed handicap and it got a far bigger field. And good handicaps like this are better to me. Um, I find them a lot more interesting actually than sort of grade ones with three or four runners, of which there are a lot these days. What is your favourite racetrack as we talk about racetracks in Ferry House tomorrow? Do you have a favourite one? Yeah, it's kind of like picking your favourite child, even though I don't have one. Um, I suppose it's probably Leopard Sound, to be honest. Yeah, I probably <laughs> love Leopard Sound. I, Nace would be one that I'd be, I'd have a big fondness for, but Leopard Sound, just the memories of um, going to the Champion Stakes when I was getting into racing, Falbrav and High Chaparral, that was my first Champion Stakes go to. And something that I hope they get better crowds for this year, the summer meetings. I, I, I remember getting into racing. I loved going to Leopard Sound for a flat meeting during the summer, and you'd get like. Sheikh Mohammed's colours taking on Cool Moore in a two-year-old, three-year-old maiden and um, really good atmosphere, proper flat racing. And I know that it's it's difficult now because I think the racing takes place earlier as a nod to the stable staff situation, which is, is definitely a noble thing. But to get people from work to, to go racing at Leopardstown for the summer evenings um, and for the band afterwards. And I tell you, everyone, ha- everyone has a good time. Um, so I hope Leopardstown can get that back because it's it's hard to get people racing at the moment. I would agree with you. That mm. is my favourite racetrack as well as my local track, I yeah. suppose, which helps. It was the first track I went to when I was younger. But I just feel it's the fairest track. It's a galloping track. It's uh, not the fairest track, though. You don't think so? No, it's Why not. Not? It's not um, the car is far fairer. No, but I'm talking about for jumps. I'm yeah. talking about dual purpose here. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, in that when I think sense, about Leopardstown in the main, I think about the jumps. jumps. So you probably think a bit more about the flat. I, I know we're in, we're in jump season, but... 
for me, um, yeah, Leopard Sound for me is more, you know, champion stakes. Right, and, it's and interesting like that the we Derby think differently in that, that regard because yeah. I just think about Leopard Sound, I think about the Christmas festival, I think about mm. the old Vincent O'Brien Gold Cup, the Irish Gold Cup. In, Most in, people would. In February, now the Dublin Race Festival obviously coming up. But I think it's a very good trial for Cheltenham actually because I think it's quite similar to Cheltenham in the is. sense, especially when they used to have the one kind of, the one hurdle after when you came around the bend. Um, but on the flat, it's no coincidence that when the Curra was being done up. Um, this the story was that sort of Coolmore um, were, and Aidan O'Brien certainly was quite insistent that they continued racing at the Curra because I think the the, the big powers um, felt that it was a, it was a fairer track than Leopardstown. And if you ask a flat jockey, he or she will tell you it's much easier to get into trouble at Leopardstown than the Curra. Decent grandstand, uh, good transport connections. So I would feel that it's uh, like if you're high up at Leopardstown, you really get a beautiful sense of the course. And like you went to Madigan's the bar, and you're back in Dublin in yeah in, in relatively now that's favorite racetrack, but favorite race day experience for me is different. I think mm. Punchestown at the moment is providing the best race day experience. If you go to the festival at the end of April, early May, because the races start late, it's generally sunny weather. Are you just saying that because we spend time together? No, last? no. I mean, I, Punchestown was in my. Uh, Compass before I knew you. Um, mm. Obviously, life wasn't as good, but um, <laughs> we didn't want. Know Even what, I don't believe that. Didn't know what cigars were. But, um, <laughs> just, just so you know, yeah, JD and I were smoking big cigars at Punchstown. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not a smoker, so that yeah, was a, an unusual thing for me to do. Not, neither was, are you. It was great crack. Uh, but look, I think they really got their act together there because I think, uh, like, when you think about it, Punchstown this year, take Constitution Hill, and you might come over. It's probably be like Cheltenham Mark II for a lot of horses. Mm. Irish racing is so strong at the moment. The prices are very competitive to get in. You have that vibe of late afternoon. You can go into Nace afterwards and probably watch some really, really decent football if you want. And to me, once again, the, 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 I love the fact that you can go in there and you don't have to be actually out watching the races all the time. You can go into the kind of reserved enclosure, massive big screen, great band, bit of dancing afterwards, bad dancing if you're like myself. But uh, And I give an honourable mention to Goran Park, which stages the Thiesta's Chase Day at the end of this month on the 25th of January. That is the race and the meeting that stops a county. It's Kilkenny Carlo. It's real local vibe. You can smell it in the air. The, the muds, the slush, the the greyness, the fog, it's almost got a charm of its own. And it's something I really re- recommend to anybody. Get yourself down to the Goran Park Thiestis Chase Day. Really, really good race over three miles. Really competitive every single year. Just a quality day. Quality day. Eddie Scally, the racecourse manager. I'd be friendly with Eddie, so I should put that out there. But I think he's a brilliant racecourse manager. Um, was lucky enough to have a leg of a horse who ran into Thiestes one day. My girlfriend at the time, um, she was driving and um, we missed the turnoff for Kilkenny, you know, that, that turnoff on the motorway. And it was like all sorts of um, difficulty getting back on it. We arrived as they were jumping off. The horse ran really poorly and we went home again. It was one of those days. <laughs> but generally the Thiestes is far better than that. Great so atmosphere. Relationship least. advice at yeah. the Thiestes chase. Yeah, we're not Ward. going out anymore. But um, the, 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 the Thiestes day is, it's kind of like a proper rural racetrack. Goran is a tiny village. Um, really, really small village and very picturesque racetrack as well. And that um, meeting, I would actually strongly recommend that. Is it? It's kind of old school. It's it's a big midweek meeting in the country uh, for jumps racing, and it still attracts a very good crowd. Gravy on the chips as well is always good. Mm. Uh, it brought me on to thinking about the Sunday evening experiment they've been going on with in the UK. They had a Wolverhampton last weekend, but to me, when I just think about that, I just think, oh, they're just in this for betting markets overseas. Uh, is that unfair? I don't think so. No, I mean. You look at the Premier League now and um, sadly 
it's the, you know the money is basically in TV. It's in it's in the the it's not in people going to the matches really anymore. It's 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 in um you know the massive massive TV rights money and racing is like that as well. And the money isn't at the racetrack anymore. It's the the betting rights and the media rights. Um, I was coming back on the train from I was coming back from home in Galway the other day, and um, flicked flicked onto Racing Post website and I was like. 7.54 in the evening and I was like next race six minutes was it Wolverhampton where was it on one of the all weather meetings Wolverhampton Wolverhampton and I have to say I this kind of went over my head because I, I hadn't really heard about it coming in or if I had I'd forgotten about it I was just thinking you know the way at Christmas you're like I can't remember what day it is anymore I was like is it Sunday how are they racing on a Sunday evening it seemed completely odd to me and I, I have to say I, I'm totally against this I think that it's possible that people will start like they'll have like you know the way they have dogs bags races now at like 8 in the morning I wouldn't be amazed if they started racing much earlier at racetracks just because of the betting potential maybe in other jurisdictions but I think in terms of staff like if you go to and, and it's interesting how the jockeys felt obliged to go even though you know it's a Sunday evening they've probably been nearly racing all week I think if you're thinking of staff like you must be on a hell of a downer on Monday morning if you if you ended the week like coming back from one of these kind of all weather tracks at all hours of the, of the night or morning and I, I wouldn't be in favour of it at all to be honest Something else that has grinded my gears a bit is the tote jackpot and pools in Irish racing for anybody who goes to a race course so to explain to listeners out there who might not be 100% sure we didn't have much money for example in my house growing up and my dad was a small punter he did the tote jackpot at Leopardstown which was his local track this is a bet where you had to pick the winners of races 3 to 6 so if you lost one leg you lost the bet right so you had to get four races in a row with the winner so you often have to do combinations of horses to increase your chances. So for example, three horses by two horses by three horses by two horses at a euro, it would be 36 euro. So the pools would be guaranteed at the big meetings, Punchestown, Leopardstown, the Curra, often between 20 and 30,000, sometimes up to 50,000. I went to Punchestown, Johnny, in 2010 to do the jackpot because there's a rollover of 118,000 euro. The one winner of it, 89 grand, life-changing uh, for small, very small money. I thought it was a really fun puzzle for punters. And what's happened to the jackpot? I was looking at Christmas. The jackpot pool did not break €10,000 on any of the four days at Leopardstown, one of the premier meetings of the year. Is it a thing of the past? Maybe it's a relic. Do people just use their phone to bet with bookies nowadays? I just think it's a damn shame. The toad are set to make a profit this year after incurring losses in 2021 and 2022. I was reading Brian O'Connor in the Irish Times during the week. $69.4 million in prize money this year in Irish racing. And who is that going to in the main? Rich owners. We need a better punter experience. There's enough money swirling around Irish racing to have proper jackpots, proper prize pools. Punters are just as important as any other stakeholder in the game. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, but there's, I mean, there isn't an easy answer to what you're talking about there. Um, to be honest, I didn't read Brian's piece, but that, that argument about the money going to the rich owners for me just doesn't wash at all. Because, Why not? Because, like, I mean, just say if it's, obviously it's a little bit different on the flat. Where are the syndicates though? Where are the syndicates? Um, Could we not have, for example, I'm just thinking about punter friendly. I'm thinking about syndicates friendly. I'm just kind of seeing the same owners. And look, they're, they're, I'm not trying to detract from their investment to the game. If they didn't invest in the game, there wouldn't be a game. But where is the huge big race for a syndicate, for example, that might have bought a horse for a small amount of, of money that you could maybe give 100 grand for a big handicap hurdle at Leopardstown or Punchestown? Is that not something that, that can be engineered? If you had a, a syndicate series... 
that would be, and I'm really, this is off the top of my head, I think that would be a fantastic idea. The, I, I've said this recently because I've been racing a lot. Racing in general now is a funereal experience. The, the racing is run for an off-course audience. Um, the, the, the race meetings um, often have 35-minute gaps, as they do tomorrow at Ferry House, between races to suit the masters of the media. And that's just how it is. But it does not make it a good, like, unless you're having a pint, and I mean this in the nice possible way, um, it's very, very or hard. Unless it's a big day out. We're talking about the, we're talking about the industry days here. Yeah. So the industry and 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 what, I, what what's actually alarming as well is you might have a winner and there's nobody there, and this could be at a good meet. This could be at a good racetrack. There's nobody there. Syndicates are massively important. Still are. And you see, you mentioned the Irish Field. Like the Irish Field will have uh, photos of syndicates winning races um, in in the middle of the paper each week. Think of the power of WhatsApp. If you have 12 people in a syndicate, think of how many people that you, those 12 people are telling. And we need to keep encouraging syndicates to get involved. Um, I, I've nothing, I, I've, I, I don't, I think that stuff about, you know, money going to rich owners. JP McManus would hemorrhage money on racing in terms of what he's putting in versus what he's getting back. Whatever about Coolmore, Coolmore is a bit different because of this, the breeding operation. We need rich owners, but we certainly need syndicates, really. What about, though, the uh, other argument about making it a better experience on a race day for punters mm. to have these pools uh, with the amount of money that's in the game and maybe it's a loss leader and you just have to accept that because it's part of the reinvestment in the game to look after punters by saying, okay, you come here, you could have a life-changing day, you could have a really big day. It's a real puzzle to try and work out a few races in a row to have a winner in, as was the case for decades. And now it just seems to have be sadly lamented. I just can't understand that when things have never been as good in Irish racing why the punter experience for prize pools for jackpots isn't better. Yeah, well, the the, the, the problem the toad has is that you'd be, you know, it, it's like um, shopping in five or six different stores in, the, stores in the high street and, you know, the bread is sort of, give or take, 130, 140 and it's like four euro because the toad is just terrible value, left, right and centre. And that's an unfortunate reality of the day of the internet. It's like video killed the radio star. Um, the internet has killed many things and a lot of it in racing, um, for me, is negative in terms of the experience. The toad is just not a good bet anymore. They need to really, really start looking at their margins. And uh, I did note that article in the field in terms of the... Um, the sort of improvement in their figures yeah, return to profitability and there's nobody from the toad here as well to state their case absolutely and when I when I got into racing like you know and obviously you shouldn't have a bet as a 12 or 13 year old but you, you might get somebody to put the euro on the toad and it was a magical experience to me but the toad was really vibrant back then and as was the betting ring but now as you say JD everyone's on his or her phone and yeah but that's for, like they're betting with bookmakers it should be a pool for punters going to the race how do you, how do people bet uh, how do you get the pool um, full of water though yeah, well, I think that's marketing, that's advertising, mm. that's a sale, a bit like the syndicate thing. It's a sale to say, look, this could be a really big day for you. Have fun with the puzzle. Try and work it out and somebody will win. Yeah. Now, maybe it's a case that things have got too professional now and big hitters come in and then they go and they put a lot of money into a jackpot pool and then they're safe. There's a rollover to half a million. They're going to a big, a big hitter is going to win it mm. because they can do the combinations that small people can't. But you know, small people in terms of small punters. Yeah, I just feel that's a bit of something that I really did enjoy going to the races to go and try and do. I think a lot of people I've been talking to on Twitter this week would possibly agree with me. And I just love to see it come back because it's just part of the race day experience that I think is lost. And for me, in personal opinion, it's kind of a sad loss. It, it is, although the betting ring would be a far greater loss to me. Yeah, which we'll get on to maybe next week, Johnny. Uh, let's look ahead to two races then before we uh, talk to the members here on the racing pod. So that Dan and John Moore Memorial Handicap Chase at Ferry House on Saturday, one fifty-seven, one of those city train time starts. Uh, 11 runners on soft ground over two miles and one and a half furlongs. 
Um, I'm going to go with Let's Be Clear About It, Johnny. Fancied him in the Drinmore after two wins, uh, but only finished third. Good jumper. If he run, front runs, he could be in the frame. Liked in the yard. Seven to two shot favourite. Are you uh, great minds think alike, person? Where's my countdown note here? Of course I'm uh, with Let's Be Clear About It. Um, I was just reading the, the Racing Ball Spotlight. Um, I think Phil Anderson did it, and he said... Um, he said the trip is a quandary here. And uh, I said, that, that's just a, kind of a strange comment given his run in the Drinmore. Then I had to look back into his form. He won a maiden hurdle at Punchdown over three miles plus on heavy by like 22 lengths. So I actually don't know what his trip is. Maybe Phil is right. But in the Drinmore for me, travelled great, was sent off five to four favours. What are you getting tomorrow, JD, in a handicap? Seven to two. Seven to, to two. One. Seven to two with one bookmaker paying four places, albeit a fifth of the odds. Um, with William Hill, just that's the best price. I, I, I can't really see him not being in the top four. He's a, he's an excellent jumper. In hindsight, he was too short in the Drinmore. He was taking on good horse, including the winner, Iron Maximus. Um, but I still think there's plenty of upside. And I, I, I would tend in handicaps like this to back the class of your horse. Mm. Don't really worry about giving weight away. Like, if you look at some of um, those taking uh, him on, William Mullins has Chavez, Uncle Phil, both kind of interesting, and Saint Ra, who kind of looks like he's gone at the game. Um, and then you have Rosie's Hollow at the bottom is one to keep an eye on, just a big price, but I, I don't think there's much in the race. So let's be clear about it. I stole your thunder completely there, Johnny. Mm, Sorry about that. That's fine. Uh, on Sunday, we got the Moscow Fire and I was hurdle at 135 at Punchestown. Five runners on soft ground over two miles, half a furlong. So Jigoro, Lombron, Mystical Power, James's Gate, Facile Mode. What do you like? I thought this was very tricky because um, Mystical Power was due to run in the Lawlers of uh, Nace, Lawlers Hotel of Nace race on Sunday before it was called off. Then was scratched for um, today's race and by Galileo out of any power. Although I do wonder about that horse's inexperience just coming into the race as well. Um, on the back of the form. Not Hasn't run since July. Yeah, didn't, the form didn't necessarily work. Willie, Willie Mullen said he thought the horse had handled the ground at Nace but... Um, by Galileo I'd be sli- slightly worried I'm going to go with Lombron just on the base <laughs> yeah is that your selection <laughs> but like, free terror selections are written down here let's be clear about it in Lombron but, 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 but we both agree on the double uh, for the free terror selections we're recording this at 20 past one on a we're recording this on a, on a Friday why is Lombron so much bigger than mystical power there's nothing to suggest that Lombron isn't even the top in the like, William Mullins yard mystical power is, is by Galileo of any power but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And on form, I, I, I can't, I'd be amazed if there were that price discrepancy. Look at some of the others. Jigoro uh, is the one that... Jigoro is interesting beat. as well. One um, man at an over two miles. One very, I'd dearly make Jigoro the, I could see Jigoro going off favourite. No, probably will go off favourite. Yeah, say, yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably Dutch Jigoro and Lombron, put the two of them together at the present odds, if these are correct. They might, I think at the present odds you're getting evens the, the double there. Don't rule out facile mode. Um, not at all. Not having it. Not having it. Not at all. Um, so this horse was beaten 50 lengths at Leopardstown. Turning in, I was like, this horse is going to be involved because yeah. I, I tipped him each way. He ended up finishing fourth. That's not an each way um, reward on the day. But he ended up beating 50 lengths on better ground. His run at Ferryhouse in the Royal Bond was not bad. Make mine a double J. So this is the easiest one we've ever had. Uh, Lombron 100 to 30 on Sunday. Let's be clear about it. 7 to 2 on Saturday. You agree? Yep. Okay. That's it. That's easy. Uh, this is the racing pod on Off the Ball. If you're listening to the free version of the podcast, we'll be leaving you here. But if you're looking for more, including our analysis of Saturday's action at Kempton, Warwick and Weatherby, go to offtheball.com forward slash join to subscribe and get the full podcast every Friday with all of our racing tips, insights and stories from the week's action. The Racing Pod on Off the Ball with William Hill.
best odds guaranteed on all Irish and UK racing. 18 plus. See gamblingcare.ie.